Well, good morning or afternoon, internet, wherever you're listening from and what time of the day. We are Chris and Dan from Diary of a Lincoln Geek with our third episode of Podcast of a Lincoln Geek. It's on a roll. Hi there, Dan. Hi, hi there, Chris. How are you doing? Not too bad, thanks yourself, mate. Uh, yeah. Hanging in there, not too bad. Hanging in there, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's important. We've all got to stay sane during our we current have, climate. It's uh, Mental health is very important, definitely. Exactly. And board games help with that. We're doing a service right now, Chris. Yes, we are. Exactly, we are. We're doing a service for your mental health. We're keeping you up to date about board games and geeky stuff. Yeah, we are. Today, we're talking about uh, intro games for new board gamers in the hobby and not to scare them away so much. <laughs> yeah. Because as much as we love Battlestar Galactica, we wouldn't recommend it for a newbie. We're going to promise not to come up with this yeah. every time we do a podcast. I'm going to have to do a challenge of going through a single conversation with you, Chris, without discussing Battlestar Galactica. That's yes, going to be a are. personal challenge to me. Yes, we are. Yes. <laughs> so, Dan, what would you mm-hmm. recommend? Well, ironically, my gateway game was probably Munchkin. I mean, I think I could safely call that one of my love-hate games now. I yes, think. we we, we well, covered this in our previous episode. We didn't did we? briefly cover it. Yeah, I've got I've got two really that come to mind, and one of them probably is Munchkin, especially if you're with kind of non-gaming friends that are uh, having a few drinks, don't want to take a game too seriously. If they just want to laugh at some cards and just play a game that isn't Monopoly or Scrabble or something like that, yeah, then you can't go wrong with a bit of just light fun like that. Yeah. Especially if it's a game where you don't really need to follow the rules that seriously because there barely are any. Well, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and the great thing with these kind of gateway games like, like Munchkin is the, the majority of the rules are straightforward and all the information's on those cards. So you're not constantly having to refer to rule books. You're just having to read what's on the cards and understanding the actions and the processes behind the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think even in the rule book for Munchkin, it says if you're not sure about something, you just cheat. But that's what Munchkin is, basically, isn't it? Yeah, it's it is. uh, it's stab- your friends in the back and win pretty much i don't think there isn't a co-op mode in in munchkin as for gateway games i mean if i was going to like a drinking kind of party not like you know not blackout drunk or anything but if you go through like some non-gamer friends and they just want to do something a little bit different crack out game munchkin i think that would probably be a, a nice light way of doing it they can just laugh at the cards laugh at the situation other one for me i mean if you're going for more of a quiet evening probably would be pandemic yeah i think i've introduced a couple of people to modern gaming through pandemic one of my favorite games it's a lovely cooperative game where you can actually you're not betraying people or stabbing them back or crushing the new players you're actually working with them yeah yeah (laughs) to help defeat the game and i think that's a good way to kind of introduce people to the hobby i've had a couple of family members play pandemic and they've never played anything other than cluedo you know before that kind of really so uh yeah they seem to like it (laughs) i've played pandemic so many times and i try not to kind of overwrite other people's yeah. ideas if they want to do something it's best to just then let them lead the way and then they'll have more fun well that's the that's the thing with pandemic isn't it for anyone who isn't familiar with pandemic you're basically trying to stop the outbreak of viruses and it's that co-op element of working together which isn't as daunting for new players because of course you are working together you haven't got the concern of oh i'm new to this i don't really understand you can actually follow that process a lot easier because you're working cooperatively yeah, if you're stuck, you ask your partner who you're working with. Yeah, exactly. I don't think I'd recommend Pandemic now during the current climate. <laughs> it might be a bit no, too topical. No, not during the current climate. <laughs> but ironically, uh, sales of the game did skyrocket at the start of the really? first lockdown. 
I remember hearing that. Well, it's <laughs> oh. uh, you know, it's it lockdown one. People are like, oh, we're stuck in. It's the pandemic. Oh, let's play pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll shuck the microphone over to you, Chris. What would you suggest your uh, gateway games are? I've played quite a lot of games over the years, but gateway games that I would recommend for non-players and for non-fans of you know board games normally. Mm-hmm. There's two spring to mind. I hope you're not going to say Flux. I'll start like twitching again and start. No, 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 no. We're not talking about Flux. We're talking about Cards Against Humanity. Oh, that's that's another good one. Yeah. Good choice. Yeah, so Cards Against Humanity is basically you have two types of cards in the deck. I'm not going to mention some of them because some of them <laughs> there are, you know, adult related. This is a family show. This yes. is a family show. But the reason I lead with this, because Cards Against Humanity, you know, brings out inhibitions of people and you can have a great laugh. So amongst adults, it's great. So it's not safe for work purposes so this is a, one of those games cards humans hannah to be most yeah, yeah is in a not safe for work environment or with children however fun employment is that was going to be my counterpoint yes Chris. exactly you just beat me to yeah. it fun employment <laughs> is you basically you are given a job card the skills are randomly dished out and you've got to utilize the skills to blag your way through a job interview you choose in whichever way you wish to interpret those skills and then the winner is determined by the person who had the job at the start of the interview to decide whose pitch they liked best. It's just fun. It's great. And it works with kids and adults. It's a child-friendly game, but of course, with adults, you turn... It can be more risque. It's down to the player to say whatever they want to justify their qualifications. So if you're you're full of adults, you can have adult reasons for why having hook hands would make you a good, um, I don't know... (laughs) Dentist. You're a good dentist, sure. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not sure. Exactly. Some of the qualifications are. Uh, I, I probably can't say. Mm, yes, but you know, th- this is where the interpretation of fun employment is different to that of Cards Against Humanity, because the innuendos are actually very clear, very risque in Cards Against Humanity, and of course. While the companies that make Cards Against Humanity have done other versions like Cards Against Disney and Cards Against Harry Potter, oh, wow. okay. they still have risque elements. Fun employment is just pure fun. That's why I think fun employment kind of is, is probably more my recommendation for a gateway type of game. It's a great choice for a party game. Yeah, from yeah. a party game perspective. Cards Against Humanity is a great gateway game for non-gamers, I agree. I mean, I wouldn't play it regularly because I feel like it's one of those games that once you've seen a card once or twice, it kind of loses its value. So again, I'm kind of putting that in the same kind of love-hate category, probably as like Munchkin, that sort of thing. Yes, but Fun Employment, I think, is still a great alternative because while you might get the same jobs, you're playing potentially different people with different skill sets and different understandings. Therefore, you don't get the same results. Does that make sense? Totally. Fun Employed is more of a player-driven game, yes. I think, yeah. while uh, Cards Against Humanity is more of a card-driven game. Whoever puts the funniest card wins yeah. in Cards Against Humanity, and eventually cards just stop being funny. Yeah. You've seen them 10, 15 times. Exactly. <laughs> Fun Employed, uh, solid choice for a good gateway game, Chris. Well yeah. done. Yeah. There are other games out there that we'd also recommend as a gateway game. Dan, have you got another one? One Night Ultimate Werewolf. Yes, oh, we all love One Night Ultimate Werewolf. Gamers and non-gamers can pick up this game. It's, it's chaotic, <laughs> but I think that's part of the fun. It's kind of a game you don't take too seriously. Each round only takes about five minutes. There's not a lot of rules. It's funny. Yep. Most important thing, and it's just consistently funny as well, Yeah. Um, even if you've played it 20, 30 times. What I love about it 
is while you do the narrator and you've done the narrator part, there's an app. You can determine what characters you're playing within the game. You select the relevant icons and then it dictates what your roles are and what you've got to do. You can actually just download the app, have the cards and play very quickly and everyone understands, which is why I think One Night Werewolf is very popular and rightly so yeah and you're right the app is very impressive it takes a lot of the stress out of teaching new people the games we didn't at all used to wind you up did we with that oh no not at all, <laughs> no, not at all. i don't have uh, night terrors from trying to teach you guys rules <laughs> <laughs> with one night's werewolf i don't have to it's another kind of a head on identity game but yes. there's a lot less serious than only last five minutes uh you just yes. try to go to try and find the wolves everyone's suitably suspicious. Everyone's probably got like a different role in the village. Some are like the troublemaker or the fortune teller, stuff like that. They've all got different powers. And then you have to try and suss out who the wolves are at the end. And if you guess them, then the humans win. Or if the wolves stay hidden, then they win. That's it in a nutshell. There's tons of add-ons for it as well. There's one night night vampire, one night alien, and they're all kind of compatible with each other. So you could have humans versus vampires versus werewolves versus aliens for the ultimate chaotic fest. For the gateway, I would stick with the base game. Um, Pretty much. It's fun and very quick and easy to play. And like you said, you can do it in under five minutes. It's a good one. It's a very small box. Very compact. Yeah. compact. All you need is a, a mobile device, smartphone. Yeah. And even if you don't have a smartphone and you know the rules well enough and you're happy to narrate them like Dan's done previously, you, you can do. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have the app, but it does take a little bit of pressure off the, the, the narrator. It does indeed. So far, we've mentioned card games and they're quite heavily based on our recommendations as card games for gateway games. But uh, another great gateway game and probably going to get shot for mentioning this, okay, by Uh-oh. some people. But... I actually think Settlers of Catan is a great gateway game. It's popular for multiple reasons. It's won multiple awards over the years. It's one of the older board games that I would still recommend as a gateway game just because it just plays so well. For anyone who isn't familiar, Settlers of Catan is basically a resource management game. You have tiles that are hexes on your map and you've basically got to gather wood, sheep, brick or stone and wheat build roads, villages, towns, cities, etc., and basically get 10 victory points. Yeah, it, it's great. A great choice for a gateway game as well. I mean, it's, it's well-renowned for a reason. Yeah. It's just oh, yeah. very polished. It sounds more complicated than it actually is, but eventually you just pick a tile um, and they've all got different resources on them. You roll the dice, yeah. see who gets what resources, and you've got to build certain stuff to get points, and you can yeah. trade with other players. And you exactly. can also mess around with them by moving a robber to steal their stuff as well, which always makes you popular. And basically, the aim of the game is to get 10 victory points, and that's it, you win. And one of the reasons why it's so popular is because there's also expansions available for it as well. Yes, I was just going to say that. <laughs> from a base game perspective, just the base expansion is is worth it. You can probably pick up a copy now for, you know, I think it's about 32 quid, which isn't uh-huh. much. For a board game, for a box board game these days, uh, give it a go and check it out. Catan probably goes in that category of um, gateway games that I could happily still play now, I think. Even though I've got other choices, I mm. feel that that game's still nice for a nice casual game stay, even with experienced gamers. Exactly, especially when you have got experienced gamers, like you said. You know, you just all want yeah. to have a quick game of something. You know you can all kind of play quite quickly. You don't mm-hmm. have to explain any rules. You can just go, let's get out of Catan. When you are learning a new game, the more people you've got that know it improves that experience for that new person as well. But it's still one of those games that I would happily introduce to four new players. 
Well, I think we're nearly out of time, Chris. They were the games. Again, this gone very quickly, this conversation. We're actually, uh, I think we're adding a bit of time onto the podcast because after our first two episodes, uh, yeah. we felt that 10 minutes was probably a little bit short for you all. So we're, yeah. we're going to... We've got too much uh, to talk about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I don't think it's... we really did that 100 board games list enough credit. Well, we can always revisit topics, can't we? If we get any questions off anyone, we could always have part two or yeah. questions from the public. Exactly. You know? Yeah, and that's one thing we'd like to just re- remind people. If you you have listened and you've enjoyed the show and you'd like to us to discuss some topics or you'd like to be involved in some of those topics, then please do reach out to us. Uh, you can get to us by emailing us at diaryofalinkinggeek at gmail.com. You can also check out the website, which is doalg.co.uk. So basically the initials for Diary of a Linking Geek. All the information is on the website. We've got a forum on there as well. So you can cop on there and ask any questions about games or if you've got particularly any rules issues. Our lovely rules lawyer, George. You can summon our rules lawyer. Yeah, exactly. Not just George. Dan's very good with his rules as well. So if you've got a, a rules query that you can't quite resolve, I'm sure we can give you some advice. So, so check it out. Well, I think that's all for me. So take care, everyone. Yep. Take care, everyone. Stay safe. And keep gaming. Please subscribe now and get your geek on.